my disappointment is immeasurable and my day is ruined Another episode of Splash Considerations. My name is Justice Del Santos, joined by some Deep Chen Duck and Ankeep Duck. I didn't think y'all both would hop on, but I'm glad y'all joined me. Eight games of playoff baseball today. The Astros, the Rays, and the Yankees are... I'm just kidding. We're not here to talk playoff baseball, at least not on this episode. We're here to talk about game one of the Los Angeles... Or not the Los Angeles Finals. The NBA Finals, where the Los Angeles Lakers absolutely bullied the Miami Heat, handling this game 116-98. The final score isn't exactly indicative of how much of a blowout this was. They led by as many as 32 points. Kind of took their foot off the gas pedal, made it a little bit of a closer game. But this was pretty much, aside from the first six minutes of the game, it was pretty much a wire-to-wire win. Uh, Anthony Davis and LeBron James led the way as expected. LeBron had 25 points, 13 rebounds, and 9 assists. Davis with 34 points nine rebounds and five assists in his own right. Jimmy Butler was one of the few lone bright spots for Miami, 23 points and five assists. Uh, There are a lot of ways to diagnose how bad of a game this was, uh, but here's my personal summary. Kendrick Nunn with 18 points and all of them were in 19 minutes of garbage time. Uh, There are a lot of places that we can start, but uh, Sundeep, as our requisite Lakers expert, I'll throw it over you. What is your instant takeaway from this game one? My first thought was just, um, you know, the Lakers, the Lakers experience, I think, showed tonight um, with, you know, LeBron, uh, with Rondo also. Um, they didn't get scared off by that, uh, that early deficit in the first quarter. They're down 13 points. You know, Vogel takes a couple timeouts. They regroup. And with LeBron on the bench, they were, even with LeBron on the bench, they were able to get back in the game. They got contributions from a bunch of guys tonight. And, you know, when the Lakers are hitting threes like that, they're going to win and not, they're not just going to win games. They're going to blow teams out. And so I wasn't surprised that they were able, they won by as much as they did because they don't rely on the three. The team hasn't relied on the three ball all season, but when they're hitting them, it's, you're not going to, you're not going to beat that team. So uh, they just a well-rounded game tonight. You know, there's still things they can fix. There was some miscommunication on defense at times. They obviously slumped in the second half a little bit, got a little lazy, but that's, that was Lakers basketball tonight. Yeah, to piggyback off that, um, I think I don't think really anyone gave Miami that much of a chance, um, especially in like Vegas odds. I think the Lakers were at a well, like a plus like five hundred to win the series at the end of the day. Um, but for me, the real big question coming in was who's going to get to start at center? Um, are they going to go with Javale? Are they going to go with Dwight? They went with Dwight um, to start off with, but the irony of that was that Dwight got pulled. I want to say maybe about what eight to ten minutes into that game, he sat down. And the Lakers just, they just went on an absolute tear after that. The floor opened up for them. It was a completely different game. Um, they, they came back from that 13-point deficit. And thereafter, um, it, was, it just wasn't the same game. I don't even think, I don't know how many minutes Dwight got in that second half, but they look like a different team. And I would expect Vogel, um, you know, does the same thing going forward, especially with the injuries um, to Bam Adebayo. Jimmy Butler had that ankle uh, as well. We don't know what's going to happen with Dragon uh, over there. Um, that didn't look too great. But, yeah, it looks like it might be a short series. You don't want to count these Heat out. But, again, the Heat aren't playing the Boston Celtics at this point. They're playing LeBron James, who's playing his 50th NBA Finals game. Um, and he's, he's a legend for this reason, you know. That's why he's in conversation for a GOAT. We're not going to go there, but, yeah. 
Well, you alluded to the injuries of Dragic and Adebayo and Butler. And, you know, heading into this series, there were a lot of strategic elements that we were kind of discussing, that we were focusing on, uh, whether or not they would start Dwight Howard at the five, how much uh, would the Miami Heat run their zone defense and how effective would it be. But I think in terms of our discussion of this game, as well as the series as a whole, we kind of have to pivot to the injury, specifically to Goran Dragic. Uh, there have been reports that he might be out for the series. There has been, a, there's yet to be a confirmation that those reports are true. But Bam Adebayo also exited this game early with a left wrist injury, the same wrist that was bothering him in the Eastern Conference Finals against the Boston Celtics. Jimmy Butler also turned his ankle. He still was out there. He was still able to play after turning the ankle, but it was a pretty nasty turn. We'll start with Dragic, and then we can get into Adebayo and Butler as well. If Dragic is indeed out for this series, again, I don't want to count Miami out. This has been, it's, no one really expected them to be here in the first place, but you got to figure that if Dragic is out, Miami's chances of winning this series fly out the window with him. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, before my prediction was Lakers and six to start because I, you know, I got a lot of respect for Miami. I'm a big Jimmy Butler guy, always have been. And they're, I think, one of the most complete teams in the league. You know, so to me, it's not – I'm not surprised that they made it to where they have. Um, but without a guy like Dragic, who's – I think he's been their leading scorer, they said, or he scored the most points in the playoffs for the Miami Heat. And, you know, he's had a great, great comeback season. Um, he started – I think he was on the bench for, like, most of the season. And then in, here in the playoffs, he just – you know, he's re kind of resurged and revived himself. And it sucks with the, when you see the injury like that because it was the non-contact – you saw him kind of like look back at his foot and look down and it was something kind of weird. And you're just like, okay, is that, was that an Achilles? I hope not. You know, they said his foot, you know, did he like, did he sprain his foot? Did he break his foot? We don't know. You know, so we'll see what the injury report comes out to, but if he's out for the rest of the series, I think that he can still take one game just because they are still a talented team and they're fighters. Um, but I don't see it going longer than five if, if Dragic is out. Yeah, I mean, that's 20 points per game right there um, that they lost if he is out. You know, we're hoping, you know, basketball gods, we wish it was 2K mode where you could turn injuries off at this point, especially something like this where we want a competitive series of fans at this point. Um, 20 points a game, he shoots 45% um, from the field, and he's about a 36% shooter from the three-point line. And the Lakers don't have to depend on the three-pointer, but the Miami Heat do need to depend on the, the three-pointer. That's why Jay Crowder um, – coming back and kind of regressing back to his average this game, making some trades was so important. Big thing for me, he's a primary ball handler, you guys. Uh, Bam Adebayo, prim primary ball handler there as well, with hurt his wrist or his shoulder. So those two guys are out, or Dragic is just even out. You're down one less person who's able to play make um, and set up the offense for you. And this, this is that's going to be the toughest part for them against um, you know this back line and this front line of LeBron James, Anthony Davis, um, and, and Dwight Howard in there as well on the defensive side. Yeah, you mentioned, like, primary ball handler. The next guy up, and we saw Tyler Hero take over in the second half, you know, in the starting lineup. That's the guy who's gonna, they're going to have to rely on now. We saw Kendrick Nunn get some burn, too, and he hasn't played much in this postseason. But I'm sorry, Miami, like, you can't rely on two rookies in the NBA Finals to carry your production from a, a playmaking standpoint. You know, Jimmy Butler is a great playmaker, and as you mentioned, Bam as well. But from a, you know, from a guard perspective, two young guys like that, you know, going up against 
guys like Danny Green, who's, who's playing in a bunch of finals, Rondo, who's playing in now in his, um, his third finals. So these guys have experience and uh, it's just going to be, it's going to be a tough, tough sledding for those two guys. Um, you know, they'll, they'll have their moments. We know none can score. We know hero can score obviously. Um, and they might have some, some games where they're, they're knocking down shots and making plays, but they'll get, I think they're going to get very frustrated um, with this veteran Lakers team. Yeah, Tyler Hero was a, uh, a not-so-great minus 35 tonight. I don't love that that analytics. not even an analytic. It's just basic range. But that's, he's the worst player uh, with the lowest plus-minus for a player playing in the NBA Finals since 2000. Uh, Shout-out to right. StatsMuse for that data right there. But that's, that's, he wasn't even like – he was born – he's like 20, isn't he? Like, that's the last time this happened. Like, he, like, he wasn't even born for this, basically. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, and you're talking about Hero – with Dragic kind of there, he serves as kind of like a more complimentary role where all the attention isn't really focused and fixated on him. And that kind of frees him up. That doesn't really put all that pressure on his shoulders. And to have him transition from kind of being at any given point more of a secondary ball handler, because typically he's complimented on the floor by Jimmy Butler or Goran Dragic, to throw him kind of into that fire, again, that's asking a lot of any 20-year-old, and I don't care if that 20-year-old is like a 20-year-old LeBron James or if it's a 20-year-old Tyler Hero. That's a lot to ask out of someone that can't even legally drink that when the Miami Heat was probably celebrating that Eastern Conference when he's probably down in Capri Suns and not – or he's, he's down in that apple cider. He can't even legally drink it. Um, going back to the point on Dragic, as we remember, the Miami Heat started this game on a 23-10 run, really punched the Los Angeles Lakers in the face, really stunned them right out the gate. And Dragic had a big part to play in that. He looked very comfortable out there. He had that fake on Dwight Howard when he drove to the rim, faked out the pass and got an easily contested layup. I believe he also had uh, three assists as well. I remember there was one play in particular where he was running the pick and roll with Bam Adebayo. Jimmy Butler is running on the baseline passes it off to him, a little pseudo screen, and Jimmy Butler gets the bucket. And as, as much as Tyler Hero has really shown us what he can do in these playoffs, to thrust the responsibility of Dragic onto Hero, that's asking a lot. And again, no disrespect to the Miami Heat, no disrespect to what they've been able to accomplish, no disrespect to Butler, Crowder, Bam, Duncan Robinson, who, speaking of Duncan Robinson, had no points in 27 minutes, which that was a big part of this loss as well. If Dragic is out for this series, and again, this hasn't been confirmed yet as of recording time. I just think that it's too much for the Miami Heat to overcome. So uh, Woj actually just tweeted. He said Goran Dragic has suffered a planter tear of his left foot. So I'm guessing he's, he's out for the series. I'm going to have to throw in the, the Woj bomb sound effect right there. So there you, there you have it. Goran Dragic, uh, more likely than not, out for the series and... As I mentioned, Miami's playoff or Miami's finals chances kind of dwindling along uh, with his departure. But and, and we also have to. Get, I also want to get to uh, Bam Adebayo as well because early on in the broadcast there was an allusion to how when Bam is on the floor versus when Bam is off the floor, it's pretty much day and night. Now there is an effect and there is a complement of having Dragic on the floor with Bam, but. We don't know what Bam's status is. We don't know if he's going to actually like, take the painkillers, if he's afraid of needles or not. But it's the same thing here where if Bam is limited, then by extension, the rest of the Miami Heat are limited because of what he does 
as a playmaking big, what he does as someone that can defend the rim and specifically what he could do defensively, at least to try to minimize what Anthony Davis can do. Yeah. Um, you, you know, the, not a lot, a lot of pressure goes on to the other guys, you know, and you mentioned Bam, we still don't know what's, what the outcome of his, his injury is going to be. It looked like it was uh, from that play, right. Where he collided with, with Dwight initially. And then um, I think the following play, he kind of like maybe he had like a little, little run in with LeBron too. Um, I was watching that play, man, where he, he collides with Dwight and like, you guys know Dwight. I don't think I've ever seen bigger shoulders in my life than Dwight Howard's shoulders. And they went shoulder to <laughs> shoulder and it was just like, yeah, the force of that impact. I can't imagine how that felt on Bam. So, um, you know, I hope he's not out. It sucks already that Dragic is out, but like, we want this to be a competitive series as basketball fans. And even as, even as a Lakers guy myself, I want all the guys out there on the court, you know, and it sucks that, that Jimmy's banged up, Dragic is out now, Bam. Um, you know, hopefully Bam is able to play. If it's something minor, I'm sure the, the competitor in him will be out there for game two. Jimmy Butler, we know he's going to be there regardless. He played – he fought through that whole game, you know, with the ankle. So, it just um, – maybe this is just like the – is it effect of the bubble? You know, these guys having been there for for so, so long and just uh, the wariness and the, the length of the season. I don't know if it's taking a toll on these guys in the last round, but it, it definitely sucks from a basketball uh, fan perspective. Yeah, 85th day in the bubble, um, I think, for both these teams at this point. I mean, it feels shorter, but it also feels longer, and I can't imagine what it feels like to actually be there. Um, I mean, Bam, we really, again, you, you, you kind of, it just sucks that we have to keep talking about injuries to really start this off. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you're losing. That's 18 points a game on 55% shooting right there. That's six free throws a game. Uh, I think the, differenti- the differential between the free throws to this game was about 10 to 12 free throws. Um, I know by the end of it, it really didn't matter at all. They were The Lakers were up by basically 30 at some point. But in terms of the flow of the game and getting the Lakers out of their fast break and then being the Heat also being able to set up their defense after free throws, that matters a lot there as well. Not to mention, um, Bam, I think he was at the top of – he was top uh, three-point line. He got a pick. I think Jimmy or someone set a pick for him, and then he went into the lane. And then he had this his ability to just, like, contort, contort his body and go in for a layup um, over Anthony Davis. And I was like, he's not someone who's that – big of a player is not able to do that um, and kind of, you know, take it, make it at that point. He's able to do that. Jimmy's not that guy um, at the end of the day. And frankly, this team doesn't really have a whole lot of that. They're not built on that. So I'm interested to see what, uh, what, what happens with Bam. Um, hopefully it's good news, but Spolstra's going back into the old video coordinator days and firing up that, you know, that, that MacBook dude. And he's going to, he's going to go at it, man. They're going to be up all night. You expect him to make some changes, but um, you know, I still think, I, I, I think this is going to be over in five, five or six at this point. The Lakers just were firing on all cylinders today. And, um, you know, Sandeep wrote a great article on that earlier at that lead as well, talking about, hey, if they make three, the three-pointer and they don't depend on it, man, they're going to be good. Um, but it's, yeah, it just, I don't know. It just sucks. Injuries just suck, man. You hate to see it. Speaking of three-pointers, the Lakers made 11 three-pointers in the first half. That was tied for a franchise record for the most three-pointers in a single half. Uh, going back to the Bam Adebayo point, just to touch on that real briefly, Malika Andrews uh, tweeted that the shoulder x-rays uh, were negative, so there's good news on that front. But as you mentioned, I do want to get into LeBron and AD because while injuries did inhibit the Miami Heat, 
we also got to give the Lakers their props, specifically LeBron and Anthony Davis. They were really able to put their imprint on this game. And specifically in regards to Anthony Davis, I, there, have, there haven't been a lot of times when I've seen him as aggressive as he was out there where he was fully cognizant of he was the biggest player on the floor and he was using his frame, his size, his wingspan, all of it to just absolutely bully the, the Miami Heat. And there was a question that was kind of in the back of my mind for, despite how good of a player Anthony Davis was, was that this was his first finals. Would there kind of be those first game jitters? Would he get off to a struggle? None of that in game one. You know, one thing I realized about uh, Anthony Davis watching him this year is how much dog he has in him. You know, that's something we always talk about with, with players is do they have that, that edge to them, that chip on their shoulder, that toughness that, um, you know, you see in guys uh, like the top competitors and all the best players in the league, you know, and I think LeBron kind of helped bring that out uh, of Anthony Davis this year. And if you ask Anthony Davis, he, you know, he's, he's given a lot of credit to, Le- um, to LeBron and, he, he mentioned that um, in, the, in the Chris Haynes article that came out this, this morning. And, you know, I don't know about you guys, but I picked AD to win finals MVP in this series. I, I knew he was going to be dominant, um, even against a guy like Bam, who's a great young player, you know. And we got the, the thing with that is you got to think about it's not the great player, it's the young player. He's still, he's still very early on in this league, and he has a lot to learn. And a guy like AD who's in his prime and one of the top six, seven players in the game, like no one should be surprised that he's putting up the numbers that he did. And I've noticed this throughout the playoffs too about LeBron. He had a game like this um, against the Trailblazers. I think, I think one against Houston and one against Nuggets too, where he'll have maybe 10, 11 points and the Lakers are up 20 points in the game. And that just shows you how good this team is and how good AD is too. You know, LeBron can turn it on when he needs to and, he got some. He got to, he got his points in in the second half, kind of kind of garbage time points because they were up by a lot, but it helped them uh, keep the keep the game out of reach for the Miami until late in the fourth. Um, AD just you know he's dominant man, and he has that dog in him. He has the fight, and uh, it should like I said, no one should be surprised that he's been putting up the numbers that he has this postseason. Yeah, you want to talk about that dog in him? He went Russell Westbrook on that game, bro. He was screaming to a, a like empty stands. I don't know who he was screaming to at one point, but he was loud. He was about it. Um, there was there was a there was there was a play on the Lakers side of the ball, and he went up twice to get the offensive rebound, and just was fighting. And they were already up twenty five, right? So that I mean, at the eye test, that at least in that moment, but it was over the whole game. He was going at it the entire time, um, and he had, what, 34 points? I mean, I honestly thought you, – if you told me he had 45, I would have believed you as well because he had that dominant game from the jump. His first two shots in that first quarter, one was a layup. The other one was basically about a 15-, 18-footer um, jump shot, um, right, basically right over there from the elbow. And it was you – just, you just felt like he was about to have a game, and he was really made for this moment. Um, everyone's been waiting for AD to – do this for the last eight years at the end of the day. Um, and I think he finally has someone in a partner in LeBron James who's helped him get there. Yeah. Once, once AD said um, after that, that game winner he had against Nuggets, when he screamed out, I'm that guy, I was like, okay, this is over. Like eighties, <laughs> it don't matter if this is his first like run to the, like deep into the playoffs into the finals. Like he knows he's about that life and he, he wants, he wants all the smoke no matter who who's in his way. 
That's the thing with Davis is despite this being his first deep run in the playoffs, he's had a history of success, at least in terms of just putting up numbers. I believe like heading into this playoffs, he was averaging somewhere in the range of like 30 and 10. So in terms of his game being able to translate to the playoffs, that was kind of never the question. It was whether or not like once the Lakers got deep into their playoff run, like whether that production would kind of kind of be the same or whether, as I keep mentioning, whether he would kind of have that dog that's kind of necessary to win a championship. And we've seen him prove that in the Western Conference Finals, and we sure as hell have seen him prove that in game one. And the big thing that really stuck out to me is that it didn't really seem to matter whether the Lakers went big or small. And I, I say quote-unquote small because, like, Anthony Davis is damn near seven feet. LeBron's, like, six nine, And when they run that lineup that's, like, KCP – with like either Kuzma, Cruz, like they, they run out, like it's a, it's a quote unquote small lineup, but it didn't really matter which lineup they were going with. Like AD was kind of like for as much as LeBron got his numbers today, I felt like AD was kind of the sun that everybody else revolved around in this game one victory. I was going to say, we got to talk about Danny Green, man. Like if you, mm-hmm. as a Lakers fan, I got to say he's had more and more downs and ups throughout this season. And, throughout this postseason, like, Lakers Twitter has slandered that man like like no other. And he's had – he had a great game. I think it was his best game of the season. I mean, the stats don't really, like, put it out there. But, I mean, he had 11 points, four rebounds, knocked down three threes. And this guy is – he's missed a lot of open threes in this postseason. And he gets wide-open looks playing with LeBron and AD, you know. And he missed his first two tonight. And all of a sudden he starts he, – you know, he makes a three – he has a dribble drive off the baseline, and he finds um, AD for an open three. He blocked three shots. Uh, he had that little floater over Bam. Uh, so just I think that was a really a, a bright spot for the Lakers tonight, just to see him uh, get, some, get some shots up and get him in. And that's uh, what I call finals Danny Green. Hopefully it's not the, the last game he has like that. Lionel Richie was hooping. <laughs> I, I know we're not a fan of plus minus, but if you want to look at plus minus – uh, Anthony Davis led the team with 23, and Danny Green was right behind him with 21. This leads me to the ultimate question of the social media age. Uh, does cyberbullying work? <laughs> we we kind of see KCP with that uh, quote-unquote burner. We can't, we can't confirm, but I feel like Lakers fans, like their like, victims throughout the entire season have been Danny Green and KCP. And to like to a lesser extent, Kyle Kuzman, it feels like all of that, all that chatter, like these guys see it. I feel like all that chatter is kind of fueling as what we see as a, a great game one performance. And KCP earlier when uh, when the Lakers were down um, early in the first quarter, I think he had 10 quick points right there. I think he had two three pointers and then two um, two basically layups at the rim that he got and that kind of it didn't bring them back, but it kind of stabilized them. It could have been worse than it was. The 13 could have been, you know, 18 to 20 points at that point. Um, but he, he did help him out in the beginning of, of of that game as well. And then I remember that play with Danny Green. He was having a decent game, but it was the third quarter, and um, they just come out of the locker room. Jimmy Butler steals the ball basically on that lo- the left three-point side. He's about to run to it with a fast break. I think it was Hero Dragic at that point. I think it was Hero. And then Danny Green just has the ball at his feet, just comes up like 2K style and just shoots it, and it was money. And I was like, that is a Danny Green 
that they need right now. And if he wants to be another player who's been on third team to get his third ring, this is who needs to be. And he showed up today. Um, didn't do a ton, but this is also why he gets minutes, right? He's tall. He's good on the defensive side. He's a good team defender and an individual defender. It's just been the offensive side that's been missing. And once that clicked, I mean, it was, it was, you, you just, you just saw it coming. You saw the cards being laid out and you kind of knew what was going to happen. Something I'm interested to see going forward in game two, and I'm not sure, like, I don't have the numbers in front of me. I'm not sure how often the Lakers have ran out the two-man duo that I'm about to name, but there was a point when the Lakers ran out both Anthony Davis and Markeith Morris, and I, I feel like that wasn't, like, Sandeep, was that something that they ran with, like, that two-man duo? Did they go to that regularly, or is that something that kind of caught you by surprise in game one? I mean, when they go small, you know, quote-unquote small, like, 80s at the five, and Markeith is usually the guy they play play at the four. You know, we saw that in the Rockets series when um, they moved Keith into the starting lineup. The good thing about Keith is, even though he's only like, I think, 6'7", six, 6'8", six, he's really strong, you know, and he's able to to bang with the centers even a little bit better than, than Davis can, you know, because Davis is, he's a, he's not as, he's a little scrawny, you know, for a, for a, a guy who's 6'10", still. Um, and we saw, we saw Markeith uh, tonight on BAM, you know, at many points in the game. And he doesn't have the height, you know, to reach the shots that Bam can put up in the paint, but he definitely has the strength to, to body him a little bit and, you know, and box him out. And, you know, even when Miami went zone a little bit tonight, which they, I thought they were going to do for much, much longer, but they got out of it real quick. And that was because the Lakers threw AD right in the middle of that. And I think at that point, um, I think Dwight was maybe still in the game where they, t- they had taken him out. And, you know, when you have a guy like 80 in the center of a zone, I mean, he can shoot it, he can pass. Uh, he just is, there's so many things he can do out of that. And it just breaks down the zone so quick. So, um, you know, we, we might see more Keith, Keith at the four or two, depending on how the, you know, how Vogel wants to approach the next game. Speaking of that zone, the one play that felt very emblematic of how kind of unsharp Miami was for this entire game defensively it was when they were running zone, and I believe it was either, it was either Danny Green or was or was KCP that knocked down the three. But it was like Jimmy Butler was to the left, Jay Crowder was to the right, and both of them kind of like took one step or took two steps towards the shooter, and then both of them like diverted from that area of the zone. And I think it was Danny Green. And then Danny Green ends up knocking down a wide open three, and it felt like in the Eastern Conference Finals you were seeing very minimal of those defensive breakdowns. So. For that to happen in game one of the finals, I'm pretty sure Spo is going to force them all to get in the, in the film room, and that's going to be one of the plays in particular that they discuss. That kind of Because that just if, – if they're going to be shorthanded, like we don't know what's going to happen with Dragic, a lot of what they're going to have to do, it's going to have to come at the defensive end. They already play with a pretty slow pace. They're going to have to slow things down even more, make sure that – minimize the Lakers' opportunity to really – minimize the Lakers' opportunity to really rack up the points on them because if that – effort isn't there on the defensive end like we saw in the Eastern Conference Finals then again it's going to be a wrap one thing that's going to be easier for the, the Lakers too in this series that they ha- they've had to do in all three of the previous series is there's no guy on Miami that they're going to have to throw double teams at and the one guy that they maybe would have had to is Goran Dragic we might not we might not see again in this series but we saw in the first round they had a double dame Second round, they had to double hard. And last round, they doubled uh, Murray and even Jokic at times. And so what that, what that allows the Lakers to do is all the guys can stay home. You know, if they want to play some one-on-one, um, 
you know, with whether it's Butler or Hero, or, or if it was if it was going to be Dragic, you know, the Lakers can just stay home, and that allows guys like Anthony Davis and Dwight Howard to not have to leave the paint, you know, which then makes getting to the rim harder for um, for Miami. And so they the thing with the Lakers, they've been well tested, especially along the perimeter um, with all the guys they've had to face, and that's why I thought this series defensively wasn't going to be as hard for the Lakers um, as it has been in the past past few rounds. Yeah, I just again, if if you look at the pure talent, right? Um, this this Miami Heat team, they're they're just so good as a team. Everything fits. That's the genius of the Godfather, Pat Riley. At the end of the day, and as soon as you take something out, it's just so difficult um, to keep that engine um, running as it has been at the end of the day. And even last year, as you remember, even when they would switch Anthony Davis and maybe go into Jamal Murray or you know Gary Harris or something like that, LeBron might take that um, take take that role at the end of the day but he was on the back line like a safety or a db basically trying to look everything up at this point you don't even need to switch it so you you can have lebron and ad back there at times if someone else is sitting in the corner and that's lebron's guy right so they can do that and dissect it and lebron has that kind of mind to do it and anthony davis is obviously a perennial defensive player of the year candidate um top three every single time um so this wasn't even a great defensive showing i don't think for the lakers this was purely all offense and miami just wasn't able to do anything they didn't have it today and then injuries if they play good defense and they play they shoot you know five less threes next game it could still be another 15 to 20 point blow in the game too yeah and that, to that point you were mentioning how lebron and ad can kind of just chill in the back lines if miami doesn't have those those plethora of weapons that they would have under no- normal circumstances then lebron can not necessarily hide, but he can guard someone of a lesser caliber, not necessarily a Jimmy Butler, but maybe maybe a Jay Crowder type, and do what he kind of did back in his original Miami days where he would kind of play in that free safety role. And if Miami doesn't give them any reason to kind of force LeBron in the Lakers' hand, because we saw in the Western Conference Finals to, uh, down yeah. the stretch of Game 5 where LeBron switched onto Jamal Murray kind of out of necessity – but if the Miami Heat don't really have anyone on that floor who would force the Lakers' hand in that front, then that allows LeBron to kind of conserve energy on the defensive end of the floor or play that free safety role when it comes to the offensive end of the floor, really, you know, save, save the energy for those end-of-halftime windmills that uh, give further credence to why he, why, he did, why he wasn't in the dunk contest. That was a, just a, a random play to throw in there. But I think if you're... I, to kind of give perspective for both teams, I think if you're Miami, uh, you even with the injury, you kind of have to look at this as that like as bad as it was, it was only one game. But I feel like also if you're Los Angeles, you look at that and be like, how on earth is this? How on earth are the Miami Heat going to beat us four times after that showing that we had, especially with whoever they may be lacking going forward so I think those are the kind of the two perspectives that you have to engage in when looking at these teams and obviously if you're Miami it's really hard to look at it that way but if you are the heat you kind of have to look at that way and kind of just I know I know there's the next man up mentality but no one's kind of replacing Dragic and what he does in particular yeah this isn't this is the regular season so you can't just like do something like that and then their margin of error at this point, right? Even if you take 
a healthy lineup versus a healthy of lineup. Brian Wittenhorst talks about like the cone of uncertainty, like on the jump and everything like that. And the margin of error that like the Golden State Warriors had of old, right? They could go down 20 because they had the luxury of coming back. This Miami Heat team does not have anything like this. They don't just have a straight flamethrower off the bench who can get them going at the end. Jimmy Butler isn't in that. So they have to play basically um you know, almost perfect basketball. And Jimmy Butler, I think, actually said that if I was when I was scrolling through Twitter post game, he said, Hey, we they the team itself, the Heat talked about how they need to play perfect. And basically if they don't need to play perfect, they're they're done. They don't have that margin of error. Yeah, I'm curious to see what um you know what kind of adjustments Spo is gonna make in game two. If you obviously if Dragic can't go, we'll see Hero in the starting lineup. Uh, we'll probably see more of Kendrick Nunn, you know, which we saw him a lot in the second half. But defensively, I'm curious to see what is he going to do. Like, are they going to maybe start the game in a zone this time and see if that plays an effect? Uh, you know, I don't think the Lakers will make 11 threes in the first half or in any half of a game, maybe moving forward. But even if they make 11 threes a game, like, they'll be in the game until the end and, you know, come out with, I think, uh, even if they're, you know, five to six point victories, they'll come out on top if they're making 11 threes a game um, because their mindset and – their uh, game plan is always to dominate the paint. You know, I don't know if you guys saw the stat. Um, it was from uh, from one of the Lakers guys, Joey Ramirez, but he tweeted out saying that LeBron and AD have the two highest shooting percentages in the paint in the NBA playoffs this season. And so that just lets you know that what the mentality is of those guys and, um, you know, what their game, their game plan is night in and night out. It's fair to say that no one really predicted that this kind of would have been the outcome of game one, that the heat would have gotten blown out in the fashion that they did. And again, we don't really know what the teams are going to look like specifically Miami in terms of health going into game two. Uh, but what do y'all think is going to unfold in game two? What adjustments do you think we see made on both sides? Uh, I think for Miami, like I said, they're going to, they're going to just try to, they might start throwing doubles, maybe at AD. I don't think you can double LeBron because he's such a great passer. AD, he still tends to get a little flustered and turn the ball over when he gets doubled, so maybe we'll see that, um, whether they're in a man or a zone defense and whether them is playing or not. I think they're going to have to double him a little bit. Um, you know, they'll maybe have to run some plays to get Duncan Robinson some, some easier shots. He only took, I think, three shots this game or less than five. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to run some plays for him and maybe look to capitalize on, on pushing the ball off, uh, off missed shots and get some easy baskets because they struggled a bit in the, in the half court. And then for the Lakers, uh, you know, just the early turnovers killed them a little bit, which is why they got down. They got down, but after that, they, they took care of the ball very well. So I think just uh, the mental lapses on, on defense is what they got to clean up because I don't know if you guys noticed LeBron a couple times chewing out some of the guys, you know, with the, the defensive breakdowns they had miscommunications on switches and everything. So I think that's going to be the main thing for the Lakers. Yeah, uh, I agree. Um, Kelly Olenek took more shots than Duncan Robinson in the 2020 NBA finals. That can't happen ever again. Um, that guy's a straight shooter. Um, like, like you wrote in your article earlier, man, they, the heat rely on the three pointer. They're one of the best, if not the best, I think three point shooting teams in the entire league. So if they don't have that going for them, um, they're not, they're not going to have a chance, frankly, at all. And I think if you're the Lakers, you play the exact same game, um, whether there's injury or not, you come into the same mindset. Uh, what did LeBron say after they won um, the Western conference finals? Jobs, not done. Anthony Davis said jobs, not done. 
I, I think in terms of legacy, um, LeBron is well aware of what's what's at stake right now, and I think it's uh, it's going to be a, it might be a really rough series for the Miami Heat. I think for Miami, considering how Game One went and they're down a little bit of personnel. I think we're going to see like the ultimate, just, just a lot of like underdog energy, a lot of scrappy energy. That's the best way I can say it. And I could say like, and I kind of mean like scrappy energy, like exponential compared to what it was in game one. I think you're going to see a lot of guys flying around specifically on the defensive end. I think that you're going to see a lot of guys really exerting themselves more than they did in this game one and kind of trying to make up for what they may not have in terms of weapons in ter- and making up for that in effort because at, at, at this point in time, that's pretty much not, not pretty much all they have. But again, when you're down the weapons that you may be down heading into game two, Kendrick Nunn might get thrown into a position where instead of playing garbage times and minutes, he's playing somewhere in the range of 25 to 30 minutes. If you're in a position where you're down guys got to make up for it elsewhere. Yeah. I, I just, again, I, I just think it's going to be it's so tough. Um, I know your question was like directly of like, what are the adjustments here? And obviously Spoke does this for a living um, at the end of the day. And he's done this for, you know, 15, 20 years, but um, it doesn't seem like there are obvious fixes that they can make, um, you know, just, just from what we know and the information that we have. Um, Cause I don't think there's any crazy offensive scheme that they can come out with at the end of the day. I don't think there's another defense that they can play. Um, it's just, I'm really curious to see, um, how that happens. And then you want to talk about scrappiness, um, you know, like Jay Crowder and LBJ, man, they went at it earlier. Um, and that was, a uh, that was kind of interesting. LeBron kind of, LeBron turned it up a notch after that. He was, he was about to go at him. What did Mark Spears tweet? C- called it has some, some choice words. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, he said, he said LeBron some choice words and he's basically calling, a. Uh, Basically, calling Crowder a small human being. Uh, I'm trying to, like, I'm trying to think of like the words. Like, what did he, like, what did he say to him? But I would assume I, it was like, to, I assume it was like little bitch. That's that's what maybe, I assume yeah. it was. But you, you guys see that play? Um, you guys, well, you guys did see this, but that play where um, they're all fighting for the ball on the floor, and Crowder like kind of tugs LeBron's shoulder, and he's pulling him away for the ball. Like, I'm not. This is not even me oh. trying to like. Be like no, I a, saw that. I saw that's that. dirty, man. Yeah. Like it kind of remind me of the some Kelly on Linux shit. Yeah, it is some Kelly Linux shit. Who's on his team too? <laughs> that's why I, I, I think it was Zach Lowe who had the the point that like LeBron would kind of be, he didn't he hasn't said it, but there's kind of like a personal element there in regards to Kelly Olynyk and how it's like if Kelly Olynyk's family is watching this series, they better have a lot of alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 that was in the the podcast uh, that he just did, like I think two days ago, because um, it just wasn't going to be fair for him. And then, uh, did you guys, you guys remember like the play after that or something? So that that scuffle happens. LeBron's like he's down on the ground, like where people are worried about his shoulder. And then right at the other side of the hoop, at the heat basket, at that point, um, Crowder and James like got into it, I think. And then AD is standing in the middle of them, like a bouncer letting someone into the club. And he's like, "You ain't getting in, bro. You ain't getting in." And I'm like, "This Jay Crowder, Anthony Davis, and LeBron James, like, dude, you don't want this. You don't want this right now. And who on, who on the Heat's gonna come get Jay Crowder's back? Like, Jimmy's too small for that." Crowder kind of did that in the Eastern Conference Finals to Jalen Brown, and Jalen Brown was just kind of like why are you doing this? <laughs> like, it, like JB seemed like very unfazed by it. And I, I think if we're talking about like scrappy and kind of like creating like a little like juice, maybe that's what Jay Crowder got to do. Maybe not. I don't, I don't want Jay Crowder to like 
tearing at elbows and tearing at shoulders. But if you got to create a little juice, create a little friction, create a little controversy just to get your guys riled up, then maybe do it. But speaking of guys and speaking of adjustments to potentially make, I do wonder if Spo is going to throw in Myers Leonard at some point because Leonard did start in the regular season as well. Like we, for all we talk about Kendrick Nunn starting and Goran Dragic coming off the bench, Kelly or not Kelly Olenek, Myers Leonard start like started a huge chunk of games in the regular season and even in garbage time in this game when pretty much everybody was getting some run besides uh, OG Udonis Haslam, Myers Leonard was the only player who played significant minutes to not get any runs. So I do wonder if that's kind of a trick that's up his sleeve and maybe he just didn't want to show his hand ahead of game two that maybe he just wants the Lakers to think, oh, playing Myers Leonard isn't a remote possibility when it's something that they might deploy in game two. Yeah, I wonder – uh, like why Myers, Myers Leonard hasn't played like throughout these playoffs. Like, cause like you said, he started, you know, a lot of the, the regular season and he's a guy who can stretch the floor as well. I know Kelly Olenek can knock down the three, but Myers Leonard can also knock down some threes here and there. And he's a good rebounder, you know, and he can occasionally give you like a, a block or a block or two a game, but you know, I wonder if he's hurt or something. Um, you know, I don't know what the story is there. So we'll see, you know, like you said, maybe that's an adjustment spoke could make is, throwing a guy who hasn't played in the series or in this playoffs, uh, you know, against the Lakers in game two. At this point, with all the injuries that they've, they're have they facing, I guess you might as well throw all your cards on the table because you're down 1-0. Um, and if I'm Miami, I, I feel like I'm down 3-0 right now with all the guys that are hurting. So you got you to gotta just do whatever you can to, to be competitive against this Laker team. I know that coaches yeah. are very averse to, like, doing like crate like like really crazy stuff but if i'm spolster at this point i'm just trying to dig into my bag and just get creative as possible like throw like none hero robinson crowder and like bam if he's healthy like i'm pretty sure they haven't rolled out that lineup in the entire playoffs and it probably would be a disaster like and this is this is just me spitballing i'm not saying that like life on the line this is a line you should go to but like i'm off when like push comes to shove and your main soldiers are down just get get like weird with it. Like if if things aren't gonna go your way, just get weird with it. I'm I'm all for that. It's, it's kind of like solid. If, can I, if I can throw in like a super like niche thing. I remember when like David Lee got thrown into the finals in 2015 after basically like not playing the majority of that playoff run, and it kind of worked. I'll be a different yeah. situation, but sometimes this is this is the time to to get weird with it. Yo, Solomon Hill is getting 2020 NBA Finals minutes. Um, I think Miles Myers Leonard can also get minutes at that point in time. Like, you go up and down that roster. Um, I mean, Derek Jones Jr., I mean, he's got some bounce. Chris Silva, uh, Solomon Hill, Udonis Haslam. I mean, he's he's there for moral support at this point. Um, you know, he, he might – Udonis Haslam might be in there for another reason. He might be just smacking some faces. If you guys have seen that video of, like, that uh, – Turkish coach walking into like that kids that. like soccer team just smacking the crap out of them. Maybe that gets them that fired up six. internally. <laughs> yeah, he was uh he was like there was a point in game six where he was like screaming at them in between the timeouts. Like Spo just like gave him the floor and all of them were just like kids like getting yelled at by the teacher. They're like, What's going on right now? Yeah, um, this is uh I gave, you know, one of the things I mentioned in my story was um that Spo obviously has the coaching advantage, you know, over, over Frank Vogel. And it's not that Frank Vogel is a bad coach by any means. He's a good coach too, but Spo is just a better coach. You know, he's, he's led um, 
his Miami Heat team to four straight finals before. He obviously won two of them, including one as an assistant back on the 06 championship team. And he's beaten Frank Vogel in the three playoff series they've uh, they played in prior to this year. So he's had the upper hand, you know, but this time, this time LeBron is on Vogel's side. You know, it's different. And even though um, Spolstra had LeBron on his side back then and he can – you can game plan against them. It goes back to what I said earlier. Like LeBron doesn't need to be scoring for this team to to win a game, you know, or to be competitive in a game. He he just wants to control the pace um, and run the show. And he knows uh, he knows this series is goes through AD and this, just like this whole playoff run and this whole se- this whole season has gone through AD, you know. And I, I just think about like back then. Um, when uh, there was this time when the Lakers, when Kobe was still there, they were uh, they were trying to sign LaMarcus Aldridge. And there was a report that Kobe straight up told Aldridge in the meeting that uh, Kobe is still the guy on the team and that they were going to play through him and not Aldridge. And this was Aldridge when he was, uh, like, prime. You guys remember that when he had that crazy run with the Portland, like, with the Portland, Portland team when he was and, dropping, like, 40 yeah. series? And, like, stunned that yeah. the Rockets? From, like, yeah, and I was like – I, like I'm, yeah. you guys know me, I'm a huge Kobe guy. But like when I heard that, I'm like Kobe, bro. Like, just get Aldridge on your team, play through him, like, and this could help you make another run at a, at a ring. And you know, rest in peace to Kobe, man. But I think uh, you know I got a credit for LeBron. Like, he doesn't even care about whether he's the guy or not. He just he wants to win a ring, you know. And he knows that AD is in the prime of his career. And uh, you know, I'm glad to see that he's a uh, he's quote-unquote, taking the back seat to AD this season. I mean, if you're taking a back seat and you damn near have, like, a 25-point triple-double, like, I'll take the back seat for that. <laughs> if, that's the back, if that's the back seat, I'm taking it. Uh, but before we get out of here, game two predictions, what do y'all have in mind? All right, let's say, all right, Dragic, uh, he's got, we know what he's got, right? Let's say Bam plays. Um, I think it's a closer game. I think the Lakers still come out. Um, I think, I think Lakers come out win by at least like ten points. Like that's, and again, I, I don't like doing this stuff, but because I don't think anyone's a genius for guessing these things, the toss up at the end of the day. Um, but I, I think Lakers are are gonna win again, um, and I think Miami would take the game three at that point because they're down two zero. Yeah, I think uh, the next game will from the jump it'll be a lot closer. I don't I don't see the Lakers getting down the way they did in this game. Um, I could also see them getting up to a big lead like the Heat did against them today. Um, but I think at the end, it'll, it'll definitely be a, a closer game, depending on kind of who's out, you know, what that remains to be seen. But I think the Lakers win by at least like eight points as well. Yeah, I kind of agree in that. I feel like this game is, like, even without the personnel, I think game two is going to be a lot closer. I think it's going to have more of like a rock fight element to it where both teams are kind of, I just have that feeling where both teams are kind of going to be struggling for buckets. Part of that being due to defensive effort, part of that just being to kind of regression. I don't think the Lakers are going to shoot as well as they did from three again, but that's just kind of uh, the feeling that I have heading into game two. I think that Spolstra is going to try out some stuff. I I kind of do think that he is going to throw Myers Leonard in there. I think he was very tactical and not playing him in game two, but We'll see how things shake out. That's going to do it for this episode of Splash Considerations. We'll have another instant reaction on Friday after game two. Until next time, y'all.
Peace. See ya.